Hi, this is Shannon Wilkinson, and I'm a life coach in Portland, Oregon, and I'm a recovering perfectionist practicing at getting good enough. And I'm Janine Adams. I'm a certified professional organizer in St. Louis, and I'm naturally good at good enough. Lucky you. I know. (laughs) And we are here today with Getting to Good Enough, a podcast about overcoming perfectionism so you can do more of what you love. Yay. Yeah, so today, Janine, we wanted to talk about self-talk. And so... What, what, what do we mean by that? You want to explain what we mean by self-talk? Sure, I can explain what I mean, what I think okay. it means. And if you have <laughs> anything to add, you can. But I think we all um, have a voice inside our heads where we're talking to ourselves and giving ourselves feedback. Um, I think for a lot of people, it's more or less constantly. And sometimes that can be a positive thing if we're saying positive things to ourselves. But frequently, it seems negative, and people use the voice in their head to beat themselves up. Right. And it can also be referred to as the inner critic mm-hmm. or um, narrator or something like that. And and for some people, it's sort of benign and is just sort of a narrator. But like you said, and, and I run into this a lot with my clients and, and sometimes with myself, um, that it is it's negative and and mean-spirited and and not really so helpful right um so where where do you run into it most with your clients well i work with people who are um, dealing with disorganization and a lot of those folks uh, are dealing with a lot of clutter and they are very hard on themselves about it because they're not living up to how they think they should be living or people think that they ought to be able to get organized on their own and they have trouble with it. So they just call themselves all sorts of names, I think. Um, I remember about a year ago going to visit uh, for a first meeting with a client who has a beautiful home and her home looks nicer than mine uh, before I started working with her. <laughs> I mean, it's really <laughs> lovely. And um, she has a sign up in her kitchen that says, you're a mess. And it just broke my heart. And I pointed it out oh. to her. I barely knew her. And I said, you know, it's not very helpful. And um, she said, oh, a friend of mine gave that to me. I think it's funny. And I think I walked over to it and turned it around. <laughs> and um, <laughs> But you know what? I was there recently. And uh, it's still there. So, I, and I think the negative talk might still be there too. Although she's, um, I think, becoming less hard on herself. Well, that's good that it's changing over time. But you know, things like that, especially um, when they're couched as jokes, mm-hmm. can be really insidious. Agreed. You know, okay. it's a, it's, it's pretty clear if you're like, you know saying mean things to yourself like you know you're an idiot or i'm so stupid or whatever that that's obviously mean but even couching it as a joke can be really um can be really hard on your psyche yes agreed and i think i bet you're right that that's even 
harder, even more insidious, because you're trying to brush it off or something by calling it a joke, but you're still reading it or saying it or what have you. And if certainly if it's coming from somebody else, it's even uh, just as bad or worse, I would think. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, um, and it's just a constant reminder of something like that, that you can't, um, like you, you basically, every time you see that sign, you, you make a picture of that. It, it becomes Mm -hmm. sort of a, um, oh, what's the word I want? Not a, I don't know. It becomes a, a reminder of, of the faults you see in yourself. Right. It's like the opposite of a vision board. Right. <laughs> it's a nightmare board. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> How about you, Shannon? How, where do you see uh, self-talk happening with your clients? Well, I see a lot of that same sort of thing, that sort of mean-spirited self-talk that, that keeps people stuck. And um, it can be as simple as you know the things we've talked about like you know sort of uh you know you're stupid or well that was such a stupid thing to do or it can get really complex um like who are you to do this or why would anyone care about what you have to say um and i noticed that with clients you know when they're trying to do something bigger when they're trying to expand their business when they're trying to you know write a book when they're trying to uh, you know whatever run a marathon that this stuff really pops up um i was just talking with a client who noticed this that you know she had some ideas about things she wanted to do to grow her business and and every time she started doing them she just had this voice telling her like there's no point why bother which doesn't seem that bad like it's not mean-spirited but it was keeping her stuck and Mm -hmm. so that kind of self-talk isn't helpful either absolutely Um, yeah with with her we after we talked about it a bit we realized that it was really basically the voice of her mom and other well-meaning relatives you know the sort of the the things that she had heard growing up and internalized um that were trying to make sure that she was okay that she was safe and and you know this happens a a lot um with us where we internalize these uh, ideas that our parents or other adults have about us when we're kids about you know that like to do things to, to stay safe and it, then it gets um, applied to things that have nothing to do with it you know where it, you know to, it, it's certainly it's it's reasonable to sort of um, uh not i'm trying to think of an example like not um uh not be too showy in grade school or something i don't know that's sort of a lame example but to to not make a spectacle of yourself in while you're in school or you know to sort of stay low and stay out of trouble or whatever message your parents might be passing on to you or teachers or whatever but 
you know, if you have this idea for a business you want to do or some something that you want to put out into the world, you do need to to put yourself out there and to feel comfortable doing it. And if you have this voice in your head that's like, you know, don't do it, it's not worth it, stay safe, um, it makes it so much harder. Right, and I'm sure the, the parents didn't intend for the advice to extend well beyond the current situation necessarily. Right. Like they wouldn't want them not to be successful in business, um, yet there it remains coming up in those instances. That's really interesting. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Were you able right. to help her get past that? Um, I was. I, I helped her. I helped her remember that um, that was not her. That that self talk was not her. It's what not what she knew to be true. And also to really sort of understand the positive intention. And that sounds like a stretch a lot of times, especially if it's like really mean-spirited self-talk. But there always is in there this, it may be tiny, but there's a kernel of a positive intention of a, a idea that is to most often keep you safe. Um, it usually has to do with, you know, being okay, safety, something like that. So looking for that positive intention is a really good way to deal with negative self-talk. So um, you it's, can... It's, go it's ahead. So interesting. I was just thinking that's so interesting because it seems paradoxical. And it, it, it yeah, was, it really does. Yeah. I feel really strongly that everything we do, even if it doesn't look like, is an effort to keep ourselves okay. And so this self-talk, even if it's just mirroring things that we've heard, it's really just an attempt to to try to keep you safe and okay. Um, I, that reminds me of another client I had who had a mom who is a very critical of her appearance and and you know always wanted her to dress differently wanted her to lose weight wanted her to exercise differently you know just was really pretty hard on her and this client had really internalized that and had you know with this self-talk felt like she was being hard on herself um, even though as with the previous client I mentioned, we did the same thing and found out, you know, not her voice, not her ideas, but really from her mom. And since she was still hearing the same sorts of things from her mom, what we did was we came up with a um, mom translator (laughs) where she, um, her mom would say whatever she would say. And in her mind, she would translate that to, I love you and I want you to be okay. (laughs) <laughs> and, and, you know, it works. Like if she has, you know, if she has on pants and her mom thinks she should be wearing a dress and her mom says, oh, you know, why don't you have on a dress? She's not, she's saying that because she thinks it's more appropriate for her to be wearing a dress and wants her to be dressed appropriately for whatever situation she's in. So, you know, that deep kernel in there is that 
she loves her and she wants her to be okay. And so um, that's what my client started practicing was no matter what, whether she, she sort of, it was the self-talk in her head or whether it was her mom actually speaking to her, she heard everything she said, you know, that, that seemed like criticism on the outside as I love you and I want you to be okay. Brilliant. And then she, yeah, and then she could take that the information and decide whether or not it was useful to her, you know, because normally if someone criticizes you, you sort of shut down, you get defensive, it's hard to actually hear what they're saying. But this way she could, you know, make a decision like, oh, you know, is what I'm, do I feel comfortable wearing what I'm wearing? Yes or no. And then go on about her business. Right. Oh, that's great. I love the idea of a translator. <laughs> translate that self-talk, translate the mom talk. That's excellent. Yeah, you know, it's like um, the the in the UN, you know, everybody has on the earpieces, and so mm-hmm. whoever's speaking in whatever language, everybody hears it in their own language. Right. <laughs> yeah, so, like, you could just have, like, a little earpiece that translates everything, like, the critical person, whether it's, you know, the, the inner critic or a, an actual external person who's the critic and just translate it all to I want I I'm saying this because I want you to be safe right the idea that everything we do is is intrinsically for our own well-being is is really interesting to me and what I'm hearing is just like you can find the positive intention and even the negative self-talk you can find the positive uh, intention behind even negative actions that might look like self-sabotage or something. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't really believe in self-sabotage because I I believe that the, the action or inaction we're taking is an effort to, like I said, most often keep us safe. Right. Yeah. And, and well, and even I'm sure when you run into this with, your clients all the time. I don't, you know, you probably have thought about it this way or maybe not, but that, you know, when people have an acquisition habit, most people who are buying things are are doing it in an effort to make themselves feel good or to feel mm-hmm. safe. Right, or if they have a difficulty letting stuff go, it's an effort to avoid feeling bad about having let something go. I think there's a huge fear of regret in letting mm-hmm. something go that people have and that holds them back a lot of the time. And I guess I'm, I have thought about that in terms of it, it, it being their version of staying safe, even if it doesn't look to me like it's in their best interest. No, and that's, um, that's something that I want to talk about a little bit more is that when you discover this positive intention, then the way to sort of turn around the self-talk or the behavior is to figure out what would actually help you stay safe or feel good or be okay. Mm-hmm. And so in a lot of cases, it's it's what you really want. So, you know, with, the, with um, say, the first client I talked about who wanted to do some things to grow her business and wasn't doing them, you know, the, the self-talk was centered around the idea of trying to make sure she was okay. And 
what would really make her feel okay is if her um, business were thriving Mm -hmm. and she were serving the clients that she wanted to serve. And so when you figure out how to sort of appease that basic need of feeling safe or okay by doing the thing that you really want to be doing, you can turn that behavior around. Mm -hmm. And then, and you can also use positive self-talk to get you there. Right. So, right. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. And of course, whenever you talk, I think about how I can apply it to myself. So I'm thinking (laughs) about that. (laughs) Yeah. Did anything in particular come to mind? Yeah, that I need to schedule a coaching session with you. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Which is true. (laughs) No, but uh, I think that um, you and I, through the years, have, have, you've helped me experience this myself. So I know it to be true that finding that, that positive intention, figuring out how you can fill it in a positive way and then creating a mantra or some self-talk around that mm-hmm. is so effective. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I have one that I use, um, oh. that is, it's sort of funny because it comes from an old after school special. Mm-hmm. called The Amazing Cosmic Amer- Awareness of Duffy Moon. I don't know if anyone out there has seen this, but for some reason it's stuck in my head. And it's about this kid who gets tired of being teased for being short. I think they call him shrimpy, which is f- funny because <laughs> I, does, do they even use that term anymore? Is that, like, Are people called shrimps anymore? <laughs> I have no idea. Um, but so he gets this book to help him think big and uh it it helps him sort of develop confidence and and whenever he invokes these new powers this voiceover says you can do it duffy moon (laughs) and (laughs) it's it's completely ridiculous and i say it to myself all the time you call yourself duffy moon in this uh in this in this scenario, yeah, uh-huh. I say you yeah. could do it. Well, I actually I don't say I don't say Moon. I just say Duffy. You could do it, Duffy. <laughs> is the voiceover? I haven't had the good fortune of seeing this. Is the is the voiceover in Duffy Moon's own voice, or is it somebody else? It's someone else, it's like Morgan Freeman or something. <laughs> no, I think it's a, I think it's actually a female voice, and it's oh, a male kid. So, yeah. um, that's sort of interesting, but. Uh, yeah. And does so it help you? I, I it, actually, you? when I ran my first marathon, like I probably said that to myself a bazillion times during training and running the marathon, and um, and a friend of mine was even there watching, and and I heard him yell from the from the sidelines, "You can do it, Duffy!" Oh, that's fantastic! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, it makes me uh, realize that I have a little mantra that I use, which I you know about because I say all the time, which is, "Let it be easy." When I get, <clears throat> excuse me, when I get wound up, uh, mm-hmm. uh, just let it be easy. And just having those words kick something in that helps me. Um, yeah. In fact, let it be easy. Yeah. But it's not as fun as you can do it, Duffy. I think I might have to try that. 
<laughs> you could do it, Duffy. Next time well, I, you I'm might training want to at <laughs> well, you might want to at least watch a clip of it because it's really funny because he like does this thing where he like squinches his eyes closed and blows <laughs> out his cheeks and then the and then the voice says, "You can do it, Duffy Moon." <laughs> it's I'm like this, definitely you know, watching. Great powers of concentration. Maybe um, we can put a link on our show notes on our website of of yeah. We clip. definitely should do that. Yeah, because okay. everybody needs to see Duffy Moon. Right. Apparently. And I can't believe, I can't believe I made it this long without having seen it. I know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, and there's lots of things you can do with self-talk. So this is one thing is use self-talk to your advantage. Um, come up with a phrase or a couple of phrases or even just a word that inspires you, that helps you keep going, that... Um, or, you know, like in your case, when do you use let it be easy? Uh, when I am trying to get something done and I am finding it difficult and listing, you know, realizing that I've overcomplicated something or mm-hmm. I get, oh, you know, I use it a lot when I'm getting too perfectionistic about something. So I want to take another step to make it better, a little bit better. I'm like, you know what? Just let it be easy. It's fine. And, um, then I move on. So uh, that's so for me. It's about simplifying, typically. But but that's a big part of my life. It seems like I'm always trying to simplify. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, and that's such a great phrase because it, for some reason, like when I say it, it's very calming, mm-hmm. and then also helps me sort of see more possibilities, like let it be easy. Um, I think when I use it, I might say, how can I let this be easy? Mm-hmm. And but either way, it just it helps me feel like, oh, okay, things have gotten a little wound up here, mm-hmm. calm it down. <laughs> and then, you know, what what's the easiest way to wrap this up? What's the easiest way to move forward? What's the easiest way to finish, you know, whatever needs to happen? That's right. I think that the easy way, doing something the easy way gets a bad rap. I'm all about doing something the easy way. But, you know, in yeah. in life, people think that's taking the uh, the easy way out, right? The bad way, the, um, what is it? Shortcuts. Yeah. I like shortcuts. Well, I, shortcuts are great. Yeah. And there are no extra bonus points for making something hard. Right. <laughs> I mean, I think we sort of feel like that. Like it doesn't count if it's not hard. Right. I think, I feel like this is the wisdom that comes with age, right? That, that we make it to our middle age. And when we realize there's no extra points for doing things hard, that's when, that's when we're wise. I think that's it's so true. And that we try too hard to make things hard. That's when a we're really younger, good point. Especially. Yeah. I like thinking that, that, there's some some wisdom has come out of <laughs> struggle. Absolutely, I think that's certainly true of the two of us. You and I have known each other a long time, and uh, I think we both watched each other gain some wisdom over the last eighteen years or so that we've known each other. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I think that's true. So do you have any other thought? Oh, you know, I wanted to talk about 
Um, one other thing on self-talk, and then, I don't know, do you have anything else that you want to talk about? Um, around self-talk? Um, well, I just, when, I'm, when I think about my clients, or myself, actually, when it comes to clutter, um, the, my, my clients will say just, they feel a certain amount of shame if, if there's a lot of clutter, and they'll just say things out loud, like, you know, how could it get like this? How could I ever live like this? How can I, um, you know, what's the matter with me? And I, I encourage people, including my clients and anybody else, to turn that around and, and take just a little bit of action toward decluttering or organizing or whatever's going to get past, whatever they're beating themselves up about, so that they can recognize that action and the positive step that it is and turn it around to something like, you're going to get there. You know, I'm on my way. Or... Uh, I, oh, I, like I got that. this, right? Um, mm -hmm. I can do this. Instead of how did I ever get like this, think about the future, not the past. I often would say, it doesn't matter how you got here. Let's just look at where we're going from here and take take action. And then encouraging yourself because you've taken some action, I think, is um, is, is beneficial. And, we're in, in, and, we're, and it goes back again to rewards. I keep going back to rewards. But <laughs> give yourself a high five, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was just thinking about is I think it was in rewards that we talked about the um, the phrase, you know, even though things are how they are, what can I do to move forward? And that could be a bit of self-talk for people that are feeling really stuck with how did I get here? Mm -hmm. Like, how did I let this happen? To acknowledge that you know, this is where you are, and then, you know, what's one step you can take to move you forward? Right. I, I think that's really great advice. I mean, and it applies to so much. The thing that popped into my head was debt. I mean, I think if you're trying to get out of debt, beating mm -hmm. yourself up over how you got there, um, rather than uh, figuring out how you're going to go forward to reduce the debt, which is going to usually mean changing some behaviors, um, is so... Uh, so much more beneficial, obviously, to look forward than back. Yes, that is so true. So true. Um, and and it's hard to be able to see the behaviors, to sort of to think about those things unemotionally. Like, okay, so these are this is the behavior that needs to change in order for me to move forward differently as opposed to, you know, oh my God, I can't believe I got myself here. This is awful. I'm right. horrible. I'm a horrible person. I don't deserve yeah. to get this fixed or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Oh, and that brings up one of my pet peeves. What's that? I hate the word deserve. Oh, no, that's interesting. I don't think I've heard, heard this from you. What do you hate about it? Because I don't think it's a matter of whether or not someone deserves something or doesn't deserve something, because I think we all deserve the best. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it, it, uh, um, and we use it a lot like, oh, you know, you should do this, you deserve it. Mm -hmm. And, or because you did this thing, you deserve to do that thing. And I feel like, you know, you get to do that just because you would enjoy doing that. You don't have to do anything to deserve it. Right. And what about the negative side of it, about people deserving to be punished or deserve bad things happening to them because of their behavior? I think that's even worse. 
Yeah. Like it, I, I would just like deserve stricken from our vocabulary um, because the, you know, there are obviously there are consequences to behaviors, mm-hmm. um, you know, positive and negative. And then there are also things that happen randomly, positive and negative. And attaching whether or not someone deserves something to uh, something that happens to them or something that they want or whatever, I don't, it just, I just feel icky about it. Well, okay. I'm going to start paying attention (laughs) to if I use that word, when I use that word and trying not to because that's a that's an I I that resonates with me as well yeah I just I feel like you know we all deserve to have good things happen to us and we all deserve to have um, a peaceful as peace, peaceful or exciting life as we want mm-hmm. um, and that I, I don't think your behavior dictates whether or not you deserve those things well okay thank you for sharing that pet peeve Shannon that's really (laughs) it's interesting a little a little mini rant I like it yeah yeah there's my little mini rant for the day um but uh and I totally got myself off track too yeah you were going to say something else that you wanted to talk about oh right so um, when when you have this sort of, particularly if it's a rel- relentless uh, stream of, of negative self-talk, you can do some of the things that we've talked about. You can look for the positive intention. You can um, turn it around. But you can also do things with the the quality of that of the self-talk itself for example change the voice um make it high-pitched make it very low make it like a morgan freeman uh, voiceover (laughs) Um, make it sound like mickey mouse you can turn down the volume you can have it come from a different location and and you may be thinking about this and thinking that all sounds really weird because you know it's just in my head <laughs> but Im- imagine for a moment and and I think we've done this together before Janine uh-huh yes we have and so it, you know you have if you I don't think you have a whole lot of negative self-talk but imagine that you did okay and where do you notice it coming from if you had to point at where it's coming from where would you point my stomach so imagine it was coming from your big toe, and what do you notice? <laughs> it made me laugh. <laughs> it, 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 it like took the emotion out of it. Yeah. Yeah, how interesting. When you said from a different location, I could not figure out what you meant by that, so I'm glad you gave that example. Yeah, right. it totally well, like, it demagnetized it, or uh, yep. de-emotionalized it. Yep, huh. because it, it only has its power because it, it has this particular set of um i don't even know this 
set of qualities about it. It sounds a particular way, it has a particular cadence, it comes from a particular place. And if you change those things, then its impact on you changes. A lot of people feel like the voice is like maybe slightly behind and above them. Imagine if it came from the far corner of the room. Mm. Interesting, yep. Um, so you can you can play with with those qualities until you have a response like you had where you know it just takes the emotion out of it 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 no longer matters and it can just be like a radio playing in the background and the other thing i like about that is it forces you to acknowledge it so i think um sometimes we don't even hear the self-talk really or acknowledge it it's just part of an ongoing thought process and if you take if you isolate it that way and then do something Mm -hmm. with it you're you're acknowledging it and um becoming aware of it which is a good step toward eradicating it yeah oh that reminds me one other thing that is interesting to note when you're paying attention to your self-talk is the pronouns Hmm. is the self-talk i pronouns or you pronouns Oh, well, it's always you for me. What is the significance? So generally speaking, if the pronoun is you, that means it it originated from someone else. Mm, interesting. And if it's I, it's originating more from yourself. Now, this can change, you know, like things can morph over time or whatever, but it's often easier to let go of something that's a you pronoun when you realize like, that's not me. That's someone saying something to me. That's not of me Mm -hmm. and letting it go. Well, you're full of good advice on this. (laughs) This is something that everybody deals with. Yeah. And even people who don't think they deal with it have it, like you said, like they often just think it's sort of part of how their thinking works. Right. Yeah. Oh, interesting. <laughs> well, I'm looking so, forward to spending my week thinking about this um, <laughs> and paying attention to the self-talk. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's always useful to take some time to do it. Um, Oh, and and I learned a technique once from someone who did this with their writing. They were having a lot of trouble writing because they had all this self-talk and they did a split screen. Mm -hmm. And um, on one side of the screen, they wrote what they wanted to be writing. I think it was an article or an essay or something. And on the other side of the screen, they typed what their self-talk was saying as they were writing it. As they were hearing the self-talk. Yeah. Uh huh. So as they're writing this um, essay, they're also taking a moment to write down the self-talk that's going through their mind. Wow. And sometimes just that acknowledgement, like, you know, I hear you mm-hmm. and and um, acknowledging it is enough for it to sort of slow down and go away. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So what's your takeaway for today, Janine? Well, I think my takeaway, and I'm always thinking in terms of the folks that I work with, 
Um, so my takeaway is if you're, if you're beating yourself up about clutter or disorganization, just try to take a step toward your goal of less clutter or more organization and um, then remind yourself of those steps or remind yourself of how you're successful. I don't, I don't think I know anybody who doesn't do good things. And if we are feeling bad about ourselves and just think about what we've done, even if it's being able to get out of the house in the morning at all, or, you know, being able to put on, have clean clothes to put on or whatever, um, congratulate yourself and try to be positive about those things. I think that's great. (laughs) I was just talking to someone the other day who said that she was sitting on the bus and she said, and it just struck me. Everybody on this bus managed to get up and put on pants today. That's an accomplishment. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> How about you, Shannon? What's your takeaway? So I think my takeaway is to look for that positive intention and to recognize that the self-talk, even the, the negative, you know, sort of berating self-talk is about a attempt to try to keep you safe to to make sure you're okay and then to look at how what you really want to be doing may actually do a better job of meeting that intention and i also think that you know finding your your positive self-talk phrase whether it's you can do it duffy or let it be easy or saying it's good enough as much as you can is really helpful. Yeah, that's great. Thanks. Thank you. And that does it for this episode of Getting to Good Enough. I'm Shannon Wilkinson from Portland, Oregon. I'm Janine Adams from St. Louis, Missouri. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.